Look, it's me. I'm here. Deal with it. Let's move on. Already off the rails <laughs> edition of your Nerd of Godcast, uh, that place where where we just talk about all the things that inspire our faith and our fandom. We are here to glorify God and geek out a little bit with you tonight. And my name is Tony T. I am here to hold your hand and take you off to Never Never Land. But I'm not going to be doing it by myself. He is the raging Cajun, the king under the mountain, and the very best at being the very worst. With me occasionally, it is Steve-O Supremo. You know, you know what I love sometimes about this show? When there's an audio intro happening that we can easily in post-production just cut it out, and we all decide to still mime to each other to communicate so we don't mess up the recording. Yep. That was fun. I have no idea what you're even talking about, and I was in the room where it happened. You were like choking <laughs> Neff with something. Uh, oh, mimic. No, no, no. <laughs> I was throwing him a seatbelt extender. I know. I, I tried. He would have let me. It just wrapped around his neck on accident. Also, there was it was, just it was not even invisible. a real thing. <laughs> I know. I just love that. It was an accident. Also, it's not real. I'm obviously still recovering. <laughs> Cause of death, sir. Well, I threw an invisible seatbelt extender to him, and it got it got caught around his neck and it strangled him. And that, kids, is why seatbelt extenders, as even imaginary ones, are not toys. <laughs> I have no idea where we're going from here, but since he's before he finally asphyxiates from being strangled by an imaginary seatbelt extender, he is often imitated, never duplicated, not even under the most extremely pristine laboratory conditions. The big man, Quentin Gregory Neff. Neff! Neff, are you okay? How did you die? Invisible seatbelt extender. That's how, that's that's how a, I want to go. That's how I want to go. I just love that you went full auctioneer when you were introducing <laughs> Nev. Yeah. I was like, whoa. Never sold. <laughs> That's right. I think uh, I introduced Nev and then bought 47 head of cattle. I'm not sure. <laughs> now I, I we come as a package deal. For some reason, I really want some, <laughs> I really want some like matchbox toys. Oh, micro machines by Galoob. <laughs> Uh, she is the star of stage and screen, a human roller coaster of emotions, and a delight to be around as long as she's not sleepy. Would you please welcome the notorious JCC, Julia Cameron Colazzo? I'm a delight to be around when I'm sleepy. No, you're not. I'm crazy. <laughs> no, you are mm, yeah. not. No, it, that is a nosedive into uh, manic depressive, like, <laughs> I just want to die. That is not true. Everything is awful. That is not true. It really is. No. Let me sleep. I get, like, really, like, um... Like I'm on laughing gas or something. Like I uh, for for a minute. Yeah. For a minute. Yeah. It's it's almost as if there, there's this loft that happens mm-hmm. with the sleepiness, and then that balloon, that very fickle, thin onion skin balloon, just pops, uh-huh. and we all nose dive into a. We should have wrapped this up a while ago. We should have known better, <laughs> Julia. It's okay. It's self awareness, and it's it's not a bad thing. I'm the same way. Wow. I'm not. I'm the same I'm exact tired. way when I'm hungry. It just it that's just the rules of the universe. I'm not fun when I'm, I'm learning things about myself, I guess. Moving around the table here, she is here to learn, but the greatest lessons that she'll pick up are the friendships she'll make along the way. Adorableness incarnate, would you please welcome Charlotte the intern? Hi. 
How's it going? Oh, that was so cute. I don't know. <laughs> it was funny because right as you said adorableness, I was like making double chins at Julia. So <laughs> that was perfect time. You know, each, each chin more adorable than the last. Oh, I love that. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And over in the booth pushing all the buttons that keep this bucket of bolts flying, would you please welcome our own resident smart guy, Nick the Engineer. Hello. There he is. <laughs> and of course, our favorite person to join us this evening is you. And uh, we want you to be part of the conversation. The best way for you to do that is to connect with us across all of the social medias. Stephen, tell them where they need to go. You can join us on all the social media platforms. That's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok at Nerd of Godcast. You can also go to our website. That's www.nerdofgodcast.com. Dot com and get all of our information over there. You can also join our on the internet small group. That's the Nerd of Godcast on Facebook. You can search there on Facebook with Nerd of God Squad, or you can go to nogsquad.com. And there you can share some memes and live your dreams. Yes, everything that he said is exactly true, and uh, we are grateful to have you with us. And thank you to all of you who uh, who join the conversation, who are part of our online front. Because you know we only do these shows every couple weeks. Um, we we don't always get to to have these these moments with each other. Schedules are difficult, and mm-hmm. getting people together. But we always have the internet. We always have times where we can come in, we can share, we can encourage each other, and we are so grateful uh, for everybody in our Nerd of God squad. Thank you for being a part of that. Uh, so it is, we are here, This it's been over a month, I think, since we've all been able to come around the table, right? It's now. Just about. It's, yeah, it's been all, a All of us time. together, yeah. We had, a, you know, summertime is coming up. We had we had camp. Uh, Charlotte, Nefri, you guys did three, one, two, three weeks of youth camp. Up top. I'm jealous. It was uh, crazy. No, I don't, I don't almost know. Jealous, you are is not that jealous. the word we're using here? <laughs> <laughs> no, I've done one week at youth camp. I'm not jealous. Yeah. I'm having a great time remembering every, every every year that I've done camp. First year I got sick the last day of camp. Uh last year I got sick like with the lung infection. The whole last Ooh. week. The you were you were you were almost tin manned. Yeah, and then this Ooh. year I got sick but only after camp. So Well thank you. Praise God. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're holding it together just Won't a little he just bit longer. Do it. <laughs> Won't, he Won't he just do it? Won't he just hold it off? <laughs> the first year was the year before COVID and Neff got sick and then the entire camp got like a Everybody. virus. Everybody. Like a stomach virus. Everybody. It wasn't me though. The way you say that Neff got, got sick and, and then, then everybody, everybody got, got sick. sick. <laughs> um Jinx, I think you both owe me a coke. I'm not sure. <laughs> no, it was. Uh, I think uh, whatever was spreading through decided to stop at Neff's house on its way in. It was yes. just like I didn't invite it. Like, come in, father. Here we go. I looked at like the little hole and I was like, nope. That's right. <laughs> and you, gave, you gave him an inch, Ca- Candy Graham, and it just came right in. I left in. my window Neff open. Threw up everywhere. Uh, but we're back. Uh, we we did a we did three weeks of camp. There was these uh, big big production storyline that happened at camp. It was a murder mystery, kind of a ooh. clue meets Knives Out meets a little bit of like a Scream kind of vibe. I mean, it was just this and whole Jesus. and a little and and just a, <laughs> a sprinkle, sprinkle of Jesus, just a spritz of Jesus, just enough to keep the lawyers off our back. Uh, <laughs> And, um, you mean the state council? It was. <laughs> it was a good time, but uh, Neff Neff played in the show. He played the. Uh, well, tell us, tell us who you who you played in this. I was the who chef, the French chef 
Pierre. Chef Pierre. Neff. Neff, can you break us off a little Pierre, or do you need to get into character? No, it's it was just like the most basic. It's like the the French chef. I, I wasn't there. No, I, I saw it. I saw your performance. Your, there was nothing basic about do it. Do your line about EBGBs. <laughs> uh, yeah. So there's this character, the maid, who was like spooky. So I was like, uh, it was like me and the gardener were walking off stage, and she was like, "Do you want to invite the maid?" And I was like, "No, she is a spooky, and she gives me the I will say." EBGBs. EBGBs. Your French sounds very Hispanic. And I laughed every time. Your French does sound very Hispanic. Well, it's out of context. It's European. It's European. Vaguely European. Vaguely European. It's very. It's very Finnish. Well, that made him. You know, that made him more all the more suspicious. That maybe maybe he was. I'm not a fish, but I'm Finnish. And Charlotte, you were the lawyer. I was. Ellie Statler. And the nobody, lawyer. Ellie Statler, the thinly veiled reference to Jurassic Park. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and we both, we both bit the dust at the same time. Yeah. Yeah, uh, we oh, did. So you, who was the killer? It wasn't you. It, either was, of you. it, it was, was the hunter. It was, it was the, the hunter. detective, yeah. actually. The, the, which the, is how the hunter was never caught because the detective was oh, the hunter. Who was the so. detective? Lloyd. Lloyd. I, of course it was Lloyd. <laughs> well, it wasn't supposed to be, but then our, our guy who was going to play the detective got COVID and was out oh. for. Yeah. Two of the three weeks. Oh. It did happen. But uh, we talked all about this all on our camp episode, which I'm sure you listened to if you managed to steal my MacBook and listen to it before I accidentally deleted it. Oh, no. I was wondering where it was. We lost the camp episode, uh, so we, we recorded it. We had a, a really awesome episode. Neff and Charlotte were both a part of it, uh, along That's with true. Pastor Mayor Rodney Cannon, Lindsey Cannon, uh, Joel Spinks, and uh, and Lloyd as well. And, uh, did great you play Everybody versus Lloyd again? No, we didn't. Oh, we were That's merciful. why it was deleted. No, mm-hmm. no because because he was he was killing people, so we didn't want to we didn't want to inspire him. his ire. But uh, yeah, the the technical issues that happened, um, computers are limited by uh, not only their hardware but also their users. And uh, <laughs> went Aww. to go went to go get it, found that everything had been deleted. So oh. I was crestfallen. And uh, we are probably going to have to find a way in the near future to upgrade some of our Nerdy Godcast recording equipment so this doesn't happen again. Uh, Man, uh, it was definitely a a stinger because it... Was a fun episode. We had a great it camp. Was so. fun, yeah. yeah no we'll climb back on that. It course. will live. It will live forever in our hearts. We'll do it again next year. It's yeah. up in heaven, podcast heaven, it's with <laughs> episode two and episode thirteen a. It's in podcast <laughs> heaven with um yeah with with all of the, uh, with all the Christian nerd episodes with Ron offering up. Um, no. Yep. So um we have uh we we do have some friends that uh, help we us. We have friends. We we do. Wow. I know from all across wow. the country. In fact, even in other countries that help us to make this show possible, and they are our. Patreon Ooh. fam. I thought I only had one friend. His name was Tim. Tim? Well, Tom. Is Tim Tim or patron? Tom? Tom Anderson. Are, are you going back to your MySpace? <laughs> well, that's where all my friends are at. <laughs> he had oh, eight of them. He put them in order. Your top five? That was before my time. <laughs> top five. Uh, There's top eight. When uh, when did MySpace go away kind of officially? I want to say like 2009, 2010 is when oh, it became. Well, like Just, Done Done was like 2012, but well, it started they, becoming the second tier yeah. like they in 2009. It, they brought it back. I was going to make a joke about Charlotte being too young to really have encountered MySpace because she would have been like seven or eight when it was gone, but Charlotte just got social media like this year, so, so definitely, <laughs> yeah, yeah, last year, yeah, it was popular from 2005 to 2008. 
to that. Yeah. It seemed like it had a bigger footprint in our lives. I got my MySpace on May 5th, 2005, 5505. Oh. So almost 20 years ago. Well, I, uh, forgetting MySpace.com and shifting over to the modern marvel of connecting people and supporting people, mm-hmm. which is Patreon.com, Love. we have some amazing sponsors on our Patreon page. Sure. And uh, we one of the things that we let them do is actually contribute ideas to the show. And uh, tonight we have some uh, suggestions Brought to you by one of our Patreon sponsors, Christian Zadek. And he has brought to us tonight uh, a couple head scratchers for our two-question interview. It's the two-question interview. And tonight, Christian asks us these questions. What is an essential movie or TV show snack pairing? For instance, when I watch this, I need to snack on this. Ooh, Ooh, I got it. Go, Charlotte the intern. I need to snack on pretzels when I watch The Incredibles. (gasps) Ooh. Very specific. Very specific. Any particular reason? Yes, because when I first, like, really got into The Incredibles, now, let me preface, The Incredibles is my favorite movie of all time. Not even your favorite, like, Pixar movie. No, my favorite movie. Okay. I love The Incredibles. And... The trip, I went on a road trip with my grandmother and we had one of those portable DVD players that like has a screen on it. And we only had three DVDs and it was, one of them was scratched and so I didn't watch it. And it was Dr. Doolittle and The Incredibles. And I had pretzels in my car. That was our car snack. And I watched The Incredibles on repeat and ate an entire bag of pretzels. And so I associate it with a happy memory. That's awesome. Pretzels and The Incredibles. I think that's a perfect answer for this. Uh, another another answer for this. Uh, uh, when I watch this, I need to eat this. Uh, one of my favorite documentaries of all time is called uh, Jiro Dreams of Sushi. Yeah. And I have to eat sushi when, when you I'm watch it. That's very, fair. very that's fair. If I don't, I'm gonna want sushi. <laughs> if you don't, what's this even all been about? Exactly. It's, <laughs> it's just the perfect combo. I get to feel like I'm actually experiencing what I'm watching. Never show him the Taco Town commercial. Oh my goodness, <laughs> he won't be able to survive. He'll it. implode. <laughs> what do you got, Julia? Uh, so now this is a new thing. When I watch Halloween Town. I have to eat Pop-Tarts and SpaghettiOs. Oh, yeah. Thank you, Neff. That was a good time. Together? <laughs> yeah, with not well, like Wait, wait, not together. Okay. No, 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 but like in one why, sitting? Why, yes. Why, Pop-Tarts, why as a Pop-Tarts and SpaghettiOs? Because me, Alexandria, Neff, and I think, was Jay there? Yeah, yeah Jay, was, Jay there. was there. We ate that and watched Halloween, <laughs> Halloween time. time. It was so epic. It was great. It was a good time. I didn't know we were going like this specific This is a, fa- a family-friendly with- podcast because I I would. I just want to ask about what else you guys we're enjoying that evening. It sounds like something. Fellowship. <laughs> Fellowship. <laughs> Does it have to be a like specific movie in a like? No. Oh, because that that's what everybody else did. Yeah, I know. I'm so, oh. I'm stunned by that. Whenever oh. I go to like like specifically seeing a movie in the theaters, I need to have sweet tart ropes. That's oh, my okay. That's yeah. my candy of choice for that's a movie. Good. And but when I could drink caffeine late in the day, now I'm too old to do that, or I'm up all night. <laughs> um, it was always that and a cherry coke. Cherry coke is my absolute non-negotiable go-to for movies. So I would good. love to do that. Are we doing theater? If it's a theater one. I get Mike and Ike's and cookie dough bites. Oh, cookie dough bites. He only likes candy. This might be a hot take. Cookie dough bites are trash. I agree. Mm. Cookie dough, Mm -hmm. great. Mm -hmm. Cookie dough bites, trash. I also am not a big fan of Mike and Ike's. The flavor is okay, but they stick to my teeth. I like it. 
Y'all are are. Making when did so you bad. become 70, Stephen? <laughs> I can't drink a cherry coke teeth. after seven, and and Mike and I stick to my fixtures. My, I my have knees hurt after after the weather changes. <laughs> my knees hurt after changes. <laughs> I want to be mad at that, but that is true. <laughs> <laughs> I had to wear a knee brace for like two days last week because oh I went swimming. Gosh. Somewhere Stephen turned into Orville Redenbacher when we weren't looking there, man. <laughs> Uh, Nick, do you have any do you have any food slash viewing pairings that you uh, require? Yeah, I, anytime I go to the movie, I have to get a blue raspberry icy. That's a legitimate. Oh, wow. That's a legitimate move. That. That's a yeah. power move. Very cool. We went to uh, we went to see uh, what was the most recent Marvel movie? Love, Love and Thunder. We went and saw Love and Thunder, and uh, we brought Lismati and her sister Marlies with us, and. Um, at the end of the movie, Lismati went to. She reached over to get her icy, her her beverage, and it was all gone. And she's like, who, who? she turned to her sister, "Why are you drink? Why did you drink my icy?" She said, "The ice in my drink melted." So <laughs> I just just thought yours was I the next Marley's. best thing. I'm like, that's the thing about having a twin. I don't know if anybody who would have done that to me, I'd have jacked him in a jaw. Um, all right, so our next <laughs> question then, so, uh, submitted by Patreon sponsor Christian Zadek, is, and this is this is an interesting one. What is your most beloved article of clothing? Mm. Like specific articles? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. What is an article of clothing that is your most beloved article of clothing? Hmm. That's oh, an interesting question. That is an interesting question. It used to be a hat I had, and then I got married, and my wife said, that hat's stupid. Get rid of it. What was the hat? It was my little like newsboy cap. That's not stupid. She thought it was dumb, and you I wanted to make her happy, and I hadn't worn it in like a year, so I got rid of it. Or it's in my closet somewhere buried. I hope it's in your closet somewhere buried. Yeah, live yeah. your dreams. Yeah. Guys, go to the, go to the social things. medias right now and, and give Steven some encouragement that, <laughs> that love means never having to take off your hat. Oh, that's deep. Come on. <laughs> it also sounds gross. This you never had to wash it. <laughs> no, no, no. Never take off never. your hat. In the shower. <laughs> in the, just the lines alone. Sleep. It's, that's, why, that's why it's better than that. that you should have just got a cowboy hat and just worn around like a big old Pharrell cowboy hat. Like a, I love that. I love that. Gallons. Like the Arby's or, logo. This, that's <laughs> <laughs> a comically large cowboy hat. <laughs> That one got me. Them <laughs> Arby's boys, wheels <laughs> up, skier, skier. Excuse me. What's uh? What's an article of clothing that you love, Charlotte? Um, my Power Unlimited T-shirt. What is that? Power Unlimited is the small front group for Campus Choir at Lee University, and I bought their tour T-shirt this summer, and it's the most comfortable and amazing t-shirt I have ever owned and I never want anything bad to happen to it. I protect Aww. it like it's my child. Power Aww. Unlimited, I not a sponsor. So, not a sponsor. Unless. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I love that t-shirt. It's that, great. That's awesome. Nefri, you have a, a beloved article of clothing. Yeah, it's not one that I can wear because it's too small. Okay. But it's one of my uh, dad's old uh, tour shirts. Oh, Ooh. nice. Because he used to, I, I think it's Yes. The band Yes. Your dad oh, yeah. played for like owner for of a, yes? owner no, of a lonely heart. Like, yeah, like he has a shirt or uh, a shirt that's like nice for shirt, and I'm like that's that's dope. I'm never gonna toss that. That's dope. That's yeah. cool. That's legit. Yeah. What I I have a favorite article of clothing that's yours. Do you remember your Choose Life shirt? Yeah. When you uh, you came dressed up as uh, George Michael like, from Wham. Yeah. <laughs> me and me and Blake, we came as Wham yeah. to the rock to the rock party. That's yeah. amazing. Julia, do you have a, a a most precious, treasured, beloved article of clothing? 
I couldn't think of an article of clothing, but I could think of an accessory. Does okay, that count? sure. Why? Why not? Christian's uh, my, not here to berate you. <laughs> my sunglasses that I wear all the time. Mm. I feel like if I wear them, I feel like I look cool no matter what. You do. Thank you. <laughs> I don't know. Like I just feel like it elevates my confidence. I don't know what it does. They're, they're like your point. power sunglasses. And they're broken. I have sat on them, like getting into the car, or whatever. Like they're like not. <laughs> they need to be yep. replaced. I will not. They're great. My confidence is ele- elevated by these broken sunglasses. They're like hanging out. There's one lens missing. Ah, uh, yeah. Hang, put it t- together with like duct tape around the middle. Looking good, <laughs> feeling good. <laughs> <laughs> the state uh, of my life. Nick, Nick, do you have a? Uh, I'm gonna. I, 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 I want. I have an answer for you if you don't have one. Okay. Uh, not really, but for right. Right at this moment, it'll be my NASA hat. I was gonna, yeah. I was gonna say, yeah. it's your collection, collection of NASA wear. That was what I was gonna yeah, say. I was gonna say his shorts. Essential. I'll say a NASA polo <laughs> is gonna be my. If I'm gonna, if I'm gonna say like a piece of article that I know that I that I own that you're allowed to wear, that I'm allowed to wear, uh-huh. it's my Geek Prey Love Nerd of Godcast shirt. You can That's find it at the nerdofgodcast.com backslash store. That's right. That's not exactly the address, Currently but you can <laughs> you can show up at the nerdofgodcast.com and then click on store and purchase any of our fine sundries. I do love those Geek Prey Love shirts. They're very comfortable. And they are very, very, very soft and comfortable. Um, we actually had to take everything down from our store, so it's, it is being repopulated it's right barren. now. It is barren. <laughs> There's nothing on there for sale. <laughs> Where normally on our store you can buy, uh, we have like five or six different shirts that you can buy from different con-exclusive shirts and uh, logo shirts and, and witnessing shirts. Uh, we also have buttons. We have stickers. We have, all, I mean, all kinds of stuff. But I had to take everything down, and I'm putting it back up. So, Stephen, you just you just uh, raised the bar, man. Now i got to make sure that that stuff gets put back up there before oh, this episode yeah. goes to air, which the way things are going, it'll never happen because I'll probably lose it. So, oh. there we go. Um, no. I have a favorite article of clothing. Like, it's it's my most beloved article of clothing, and, I, and I'll go with Neff on this one. I, I can't wear it because it's a, it's a Joker T-shirt that I got mm. in 1989. Oh. And I wore it to the premiere of Batman in 89. I wore it to the premiere of Batman Returns in 91. I wore it to the premiere of Batman Forever in 94. That's so cool. Yeah. And I did not go to the premiere of Batman and Robin. Uh, I was at a, on a youth con- at a youth conference with a youth group, so I got there a week late. And then when I saw Batman and Robin, I didn't care that I was <laughs> that I missed the premiere and that I wasn't wearing my Joker T-shirt. So I still have it in a box in a drawer somewhere. But uh, that is th- that to me, it just always kind of harkens back to when I was a kid and I would wear. I had I had a ton of Batman T-shirts, and uh, I would wear them like almost every day. I had a different Batman shirt to wear, and the kids in my middle school would make fun of me. They would call me Batman, and they would just you know goof on me for being a comic book nerd and they stuff. They called like that. you Batman. And it was sad. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. And I remember sitting in the in the an opening night, uh, wishing I was wearing my Joker T-shirt for The Dark Knight. And uh, when when The Dark Knight came out, and I saw there was a group that was sitting in front of me, and they were all a bunch of like, you know, uh, stereotypical sort of jock people. And I thought, look at that, we won. The nerds won. Mm-hmm. You guys made fun uh, of me liking comic books and me liking you know Batman and nerdy stuff like that. And now all of y'all are here at my movie. And uh, so, yay, Revenge of the Nerds. We, we win. <laughs> nerds! So let us know if you have uh, in a, a beloved article of clothing and what your combo of TV, movie, snack pairing is. You can do that on our Nerd God Facebook group, the Nerd God Squad, or basically just anywhere. Use hashtag two question interview. Since this has been brought to us by one of our Patreon sponsors, I want to take a quick second and acknowledge 
our Patreon sponsors, the amazing, the incomparable, the ones who make everything happen. Let's give it up for them, ladies and gentlemen, for our Patreon sponsors. And and we are going to, uh, we want to acknowledge them all right now by name because they are the very, very best that there are. First off, our Patreon legend. I want to welcome to, he's a new sponsor. We met him at Megacon this year. His name is James Hudgens. Let's give it up for James Hudgens. Yeah, James. What up? Yeah. And then our our big time producers are? Carrie Wright, Kyle Johnson, and the Christian Nerd. Well, that's Scott Bygod Higa. Wow. Our Nerd God cast insiders are? Andrew Whiteside, Chris Herman, Darren Scott, Rodney Cannon, and Zach Diem. Very cool. Our official Nog Squad is... Bradley Taylor, Christian Zadek, Derek's Workshop, Howard Salter, Kevin Wilganowski, Matthew Black, Stephen De La Rosa, and Ryan Felton. And our Nerd of Godcast faithful friends... Ashley Cronenbitter, Keaton Cannon... Joshua Chalk and Caleb Ardoin. Ardoin? Ardoin. 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 Wow, I'm so bad. No, that's that's I, it's, like, it's, it's an awkward name. It's a mouthful. <laughs> but it's a nice one. It it's is a good a, one. It is a nice one. And, uh, and our Nerdy Godcast supporters, our friend L7, and another new sponsor, Sam Abadi. Let's give it up for all of our Patreon fam! And you guys can be a part of the financial blessing of taking the Nerdy Godcast to the next level. You can do that by visiting us online at patreon.com slash nerdygodcast. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash nerdofgodcast. For just a dollar a month, you can be a part of the blessing. But don't let that stop you from giving much, much more. We love you guys. We're so grateful for all of you. And uh, we will be right back after this break. What ails you? You got problems? Feeling down? Hard getting out of bed in the morning? Hi, I'm Ann Baconda of Baconda Farms, and I'm here to tell you about a new therapeutic craze sweeping your town. Riding a horse to get back in the swing of things. Recent research has proved that one ride on a horse can be the equivalent to one quarter of a full therapy session. So if you don't think processing your feelings with a licensed therapist is your thing, We have the horse for you. This is Kobe. He's a perfectly healthy thoroughbred horse from the Scottish Highlands, fed only grass, beets, and Doritos. For a small fee, you can find yourself on top of this mighty steed. Satisfaction guaranteed, or my name ain't Ann Baconda. So get back on the horse today. You can get a I Got Back On The Horse t-shirt and sticker. Don't waste this opportunity to get yourself back on the horse, because this deal won't last forever. Pull yourself up and saddle up for a ride into healing. Call 1-800-633-3444. That's 1-800-NAY. To book your totally discreet horseback ride today. Back On The Horse Stables Incorporated. Isn't about time you got back to doing the do to the the thing do (laughs) nailed it we have such a great 
Nerd of God cast community with our squad and and so many people have been asking. We um we wanted to bring you guys up to date uh, on our friend Oliver Gale, Jamaican Ollie. Uh, a couple weeks ago, he was having some chest pain. He went into the hospital, and uh, so many people have been asking about him and praying for him and, and lifting him up. That we wanted to take a moment and call him directly. He couldn't be with us tonight because he's currently chilling in a hospital bed. Would you welcome to the Nerd of God cast, Jamaican Ollie? What's up, my friend? Uh, nothing much just you know thankful to god that he decided to uh to have the doctors see you know what they needed to see to to save my life basically wow 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 wow. yeah so so tell us take us through a little bit of the process and what you've been through over the past couple of weeks now uh as you stated uh chest pains um went into the hospital through the er they didn't like what they saw with some tests. They said that they wanted to do a um, another special test, a um, uh, heart catheter- catheterization. Um, they they saw the blockages, which could have meant just a couple of stints uh, to and everything, but uh, they said nope, that's not going to be it. Uh, and uh, as you stated, uh, they said we looked, we see three that are blocked that we need to go ahead and bypass. And then uh, once uh, uh, the doctor got in there, he's like, uh, yeah, let's go ahead and do these other two here. Well, and, while uh, we're in there, yeah, might as well, right? Might as well, you know. Um, so d- did all of that. And uh, uh, after a couple of days, they said, okay, uh, you're good to go home. Uh, you know, took out all the tubes and all that stuff and said, good, good to go home. And then, uh, unfortunately, it seemed that maybe it was a little premature. Oh, no. Because... <laughs> So, uh, and uh, I was home uh, and had some really low blood pressure and a a really slow heartbeat, which uh, was making me feel kind of wonky. So we, uh, they said they come on back in and then I've been here ever since. And unfortunately, uh, now they seem to have found some uh, infection uh, in the original um, uh, incision area. Mm Mm-hmm. So um, getting transferred from this hospital to another hospital, not too far away, only about a half an hour away from home. And uh, the doctor's got to go in there and uh, uh, clean that up a little bit and have some uh, more IV uh, antibiotics going through. Well, that's frustrating. I know that's got to be a little discouraging when you're you're ready to get home and get on your way forward. But boy, you you definitely want to be able to to catch those things while before they become bigger issues than yeah. they are. Absolutely, absolutely. Because yeah. yeah. uh, it definitely could have become worse if we didn't uh, pay attention to some of the signs at home. And and then I, uh, yeah, it could definitely have been worse. Well, I know that there's people in the squad that have been praying for you literally yeah. across the country and, and in other countries. And, uh, man, we are lifting you up because, you know, you, you've got a heart of gold, man. No no <laughs> sense in, uh, in, in losing, in losing uh, this, this man. We want to make sure that we, we, we take good care of you and we have you around for years and years to come, man. Happy, healthy, and, uh, and, and ready to, to serve the Lord and bless people. Uh, anybody around the table here? You guys got any questions for Ollie or you want to holler at him, give him a little well wishes? Hey, we miss you. We miss you. Everybody misses you, man. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, thank you, guys. We were thinking, I mean, we were th- I was thinking a lot about you during camp, man. Like, we had a lot going on, but you were like at the forefront of my thoughts, dude. I just, it's good to hear your voice. 
Yeah. Uh, thank you, thank you, thank you for for watching over my girls at, at youth camp too. Yo, they, I appreciate they, it. They had a great time. I they talked did. to them about it. They, they were the like they best. Were a great time. That's awesome. Okay, Stephen. Yeah, wishing you a speedy recovery, Oliver. I was texting him earlier today, and I didn't know he's back in the hospital. Now I feel bad for texting him about what I was texting him about. <laughs> what were you texting him about? The fact that Sony purchased uh, Bungie, which they make Excuse Destiny. Me. Yeah, yeah. So. Well, you don't feel bad about it. Feel bad about it if you're texting him like pictures of a cheesesteak sub that you're eating or something like that. No, <laughs> I would never do that. That's when you feel bad, but no. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Oliver, there, there's a lot of people that want to know, you know, obviously we're going to be praying for you for a speedy recovery. We know that you're you're going to have to be taking a lot of time off of work. Is there a way that we can, uh, can specifically be praying for you or is there a way that people can help you if they uh, if they want to be a part of what uh, of what you need now um just the, the prayers for the speedy recovery uh that that would be wonderful uh yes um how we can you know figure out our finances as as this time is going to be coming up and everything uh, how we can because of course Celia is still working and everything how she'll be able to spread around what she has and be good stewards of, of what God um, is uh, is giving us uh, um, and everything so that we can make sure that everything is taken care of yeah absolutely so, well, yeah. well listen man I just I'm going to tell you, you you've got too big and too great of a support network you've been such a important part of so many people's lives there's mm-hmm. no way that you're going to be found needing in any yeah. way that your kids are going to be needing we're we're going to be here for you every step of the way and I know there's people in the squad that want to be a part too um, if, if you're listening to the show right now and you want to be a part of uh, extending care and love obviously prayer is the greatest uh, and most important gift that you can give and the best part is it's free but um, we're going to have something that we're going to set up so if you guys that are in the in the squad if you're listening today and you want to be a part of uh, blessing and just even offering a little bit of care to Ali and to Celia and his family uh, we're going to set that up so you can do it we'll, we'll share the links on our socials and, and with your permission Ali you know what forget it even without your permission <laughs> we're, we're going to try to do something to, to be kind and to, uh, to help take care of you because that's why God gives us each other yeah. that's why we need community so uh, we love you man and we are here for you uh, we, we want to encourage you during this time and I'm going to bring you some comic books and some video games to play because that's that's real ministry <laughs> yes absolutely yeah. thank, yeah. thank you thank you thank you so much yeah man we love you Jamaican Ollie everybody yeah. bye, bye Ollie we love you bye yeah man <laughs> and we're back you guys know what time it is it's time for tonight's best thing Ever. And on tonight's best thing ever, we're going back to our best modes of transportation, best rides ever. Uh, just finished up with this week's bracket. Uh, Neff, tell us who was in the competition tonight. So tonight's uh, competition was Robert Pattinson's Batmobile yeah. from The Batman. Yeah, that engine alone. Boom. Yeah. Purrs. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> like a cat. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, against, against the Batmobile, we had Sweet Tooth's ice cream truck from the video game Twisted Metal. See, now that's a tough one because I love Robert Pattinson's Batman, Batmobile, but Twisted Twisted Metal, the Sweet Tooth, comes with ice cream. That's true. what I think, that's right? True. I can't come with ice cream if it's on fire. Do they both shoot <laughs> rockets? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> because the only vehicle in this thing that can't do what it's supposed to do is the DeLorean because it will be too OP. Mm. Cook an egg on it. We had to nerf it. On the DeLorean? <laughs> yeah. No, it's cold. It's darn cold. Oh. Yeah. 
Uh, in Florida. <laughs> so we have uh, we have Robert Pattinson's Batmobile was up against Sweet Tooth's ice cream truck. Yes. Tell us how that shook out, man. It was a close one. The the it was fifty six percent to forty four percent. Wow. Yeah, in favor of Sweet Tooth's ice cream oh, truck. Boy. What? Okay. I know. I know. Wow. That just destroyed my whole bracket. Wow. I know. Wow. Okay. All right. Uh, recount. <laughs> Let's get the lawyers involved. Let's do a recount. I voted for the ice cream. Sorry, Stephen, for you and your bracket. I mean, I still might win. That's so far the only one I haven't gotten right. But I can't remember how far into it I put the Batman's Batmobile. Boy, that just goes to show you never can tell with these best thing you ever's, really man. Can't. The people have spoken. And tonight we have our next round. Uh, and, and because Charlotte is here to learn, we have assigned her to do a little bit of research on us to tell us about tonight's competitors. So, Charlotte, up first from the movie Dumb and Dumber, we have the Mutz Cuts Dog Van. What do you know? Let's cut dog van. Um, okay, I know that the alarm alone on this dog van cost Harry $200. So we know that it's a top-notch dog van. I mean, it looks it looks ratty, but it's a top-notch dog van. Word, word. Okay. Uh, so, so <laughs> <laughs> describe it to me I've, as, if, as if I've never seen it before. It looks like a giant dog. It does indeed. It does. The whole hood is the mouth of this dog. Very furry van. Okay. Furry van. And we love it. Furry van. Bad furry name van. called it. <laughs> it says Mutz Cuts on the side of it. It's got ears. It's pretty cute. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Would you drive it? A hundred percent. Shamelessly. Do you, how do you imagine it smells after a, after a Florida rain? Well. <laughs> well. <laughs> Probably not worse than, uh, than Neff's old car, right? <laughs> Your old car, not your new car. Which which old car? The the one the that's the one that smelled like a wet dog. Oh okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we have the Mutz Cuts van versus from Night Rider Kit. Yes. Tell me about Kit. Kit is bougie. <laughs> Kit is fancy. I have never seen Night Rider, so I have no idea what the significance of Kit is. But I do know that it's got some fancy control panel in the front of it. Which is enough for me. And also, <laughs> it dispenses money. Sure, why not? No, um, it doesn't do that. Um, it can't do that. If DeLorean can't go back in time, can't. can't it dispenses it money. Even... If you're the if you're uh, David Hasselhoff, it dispenses a lot of money. Period. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Kit, it was a it was a talking car. It was a computerized car, and uh, it was Michael Knight's ally in the war against crime and mm. protecting innocence. The voice of Feeny. Talking cars are just the best. Who voiced the car? William Feeny. Daniels. He just he just said it. Ah, yeah. Feeny. He turns out prefers to be called Bill Daniels, and that bothers me because I've known him as William Daniels my whole life. Well, you know, it's like one of those William Shatner, Bill Shatner sort of things. No, Bill Shatner. That's a thing. That's what it, people call. Yeah, him, people yeah. that know him. I only know that because I'm listening to the like Boy Meets World podcast where they have like people from the show doing it, and they keep yeah. referring to him as Bill Daniels, and it's like yeah, like uh, Don, like Donald Glover. People call him Danny Glover. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> Same thing, right? That's very childish. Uh, <laughs> all right, well, slick. they can uh, they can vote for tonight's best thing ever on the Nerd of God Squad Facebook page and let us know uh, which which you think is the better vehicle, the Night Industry 2000s from Knight Rider or the Mutz Cuts Dog Van from, uh, which w- w- is it Dumb and Dumber? Dumb and Dumber. It was when Harry met Lloyd. It's from Dumb and Dumber 2. 
the one without <laughs> Dumb and Dumber T O O. Yes, Dumb and Dumber also. Yeah, Dumb and Harry met Lloyd. When Harry met Lloyd, so uh, vote for that and uh, let us know who you think is the best thing, thing. ever. ever. Okay, <laughs> you won, Charlotte. Thank you. Uh, let's get into it tonight. Um, uh, so it has been a while since we've kind of actively sat around the table and talked together, but uh, there's been a lot of Marvel movies and Marvel kind of properties that have come out uh, in, in this past year. And we are now knee deep into phase four. Yes. And so many different things have come out. And there's really been yeah. um, kind of this strange lack of continuity in, in phase four, where in the other phases it was like, well, there's Infinity Stones or there's Thanos or we're building towards a thing. In this one, they all are kind of seemingly more random, but with one common theme that seems to be kind of weaving in and out between the... Uh, between the, the different TV shows and movies, and that is the idea of this multiverse, right? Yes. And we've seen this multiverse in What If, we've seen it in Loki, we've seen it in, in Spider-Man, we've seen it in, in WandaVision, we've seen it in the uh, Doctor Strange. Strange. Yeah. So we're seeing this multiverse everywhere, but it still feels a little disconnected. Now, I don't want to unpack that too much. I don't want to get into that too much. But I will back up, and to Neff's credit, I will say that this multiverse concept is nothing new, and that while Marvel's still trying to feel it out, DC did it first. Mm. And they did it really well. And they're continuing with the, the multiverse thing. Now, it started back in um, on the TV shows, right? Yeah. What, and when they did the, um, the... Well, they did a lot of crossovers with uh, Flash and Arrow. Right, but the but the multiverse more than just crossovers. When they got into the Crisis on Infinite Earths, oh yeah, 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 yeah. that was pretty cool. And you're bringing in other versions of different heroes. Oh, well, they brought in they were, spoiler alert for a four year old TV show. But, yeah, you're uh, fine. they had Ezra Miller show up mm -hmm. as the Flash oh. to meet Grant Gustin. It's a knockout moment. It was wonderful. Uh, you had uh, you had uh, Tom Welling on there as Superman. Yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah. Oh wow! For, so you had all of these different versions of different heroes, and and we're still seeing that kind of coming through now into the DC movies as well. Um, in fact, I just saw something that was. Uh, oh, sorry. I just realized Brandon Routh was Kingdom Come Superman. He was, as well as the Atom, which is weird, yeah, right? Yeah, like we're in the same show. Yeah, um, th there is a, a new thing that I saw a preview for that they're going to be coming out with now. It's um, it's Will Smith is coming back as Deadshot, and they're going to loop in Ezra Miller as the Flash and Amber Heard as Mira. It's going to be called the Career Suicide Squad. <laughs> See, with Ezra Miller and Will Smith, who's going to slap who? <laughs> Amber Heard will slap all of them, uh, and then she will take a Duke. In their beds. <laughs> oh, my. We never really talked about this, the, the, the Johnny Depp and Amber Heard thing. And, uh, you know, maybe there was reasons why we didn't want to go into it at, at the time, uh, whatever we might have. But what was the what was the deal with that? That was crazy. I don't know. All I know is they're they're thinking about bringing the case back into court because one of the jurors apparently was not really the juror. What? They were supposed was it, to be. Was he rural? That's what it I was, was just gonna ask. Whoa, <laughs> But like, apparently, one of the jurors that showed up was not supposed to be there, and Did so they're thinking about doing a whole. They're trying to bring it back in. I know that's what I said. 
But like that's what they're saying. That's crazy. And they might bring it all back. And what, is that what trial. we need? Is more like no, because all it's going to do is just make Amber Heard still look like an awful person. We're just gonna hate. <laughs> like so she was tried more the by the consensus. Though is that people people think she just looked like an awful person? Yeah, yeah because much, yeah. because everyone's like she's not being she's being disingenuous. She's obviously lying and acting. And there's nothing like like she didn't own up to anything. Like when a dog got stung by a bee. Yeah, we're like, we're like Johnny Depp was like, yeah, like I got mad, I broke things, I was on drugs, I was I was drinking, I was drunk all the time. Like he owned up to his part of it. A mega pint of wine, and I don't know what that is. I don't know. I don't think he knows what that is. What he said. So said. the the point is, I, win or lose, I guess Johnny Depp won. They both at least won the first pay. round. He 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 restored a little bit of the broken image that she had damaged, no. yeah. but. Nobody walked out of that thing looking great. No. It, it wasn't no. like that. His lawyers did. His lawyers. His lawyers. Everyone great. loved his lawyers. His lawyers are spending them. that night industries two thousand money. Is <laughs> <laughs> went and bought a talking car <laughs> and put Feeney in the back to actually have him narrate as they drive. Ninety-five year old William Daniels. Yeah, Bill Daniels. Oh, sorry. Different, different guy. Uh, they, they, like. I was t- thinking about this when this happened, and they started, you know, immediately saying, "Well, they're going to cut down her role in Aquaman 2. as they should. Uh, should they? Yes, yeah, because get her they out of fired there. they fired Johnny Depp over her allegations without there being any proof to it. They fired him from, but they Fantastic fire people. everybody from everything. Not Ezra Miller, though. I know He's, that's so. He bad. has like actively He's tried so to crazy. ruin his career. He's choked out a fan, and they're like, "Doesn't no. he have this thing now where they're saying like he's he's got like some like like I don't know? It's not human trafficking, but like grooming, this, like grooming, like awfully, yeah, yeah. It's like, what, he, they, like what, but and, and, I mean the thing they they got rid of James Gunn because he he posted probably some very bad tweets, but from like ten years ago, yeah. And, and they, they, they fire they did bring him back, but they they they'll, they'll fire anything anybody for anything now, and it just so they got. Who got rid of Johnny Depp for what? From Grindle Grindelwald? He, he was fired from the Harry yeah. Potter Harry Potter Fantastic Beasts. Fantastic Beast movies. And then Disney basically they didn't quote unquote fire him. But, but Margot Robbie's gonna be the lead of the next they, Pirates they, movie. Yeah, they decided not to bring back Captain Jack Sparrow for this new one. So that's what I was thinking about. So they were talking about cutting down some of Mira's parts, which I don't know that that's gonna be a big loss to cut some of her parts from the Aquaman 2 movie, right? And then they even said we're gonna remove her altogether. And I'm thinking, is this a um is this one of those George McF- or Marty McFly things? Are they gonna like is they just gonna recast her entire role like we wouldn't even notice? They're gonna put her upside down and Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so George McFly in Back to the Future 2 was a completely different actor than Crispin Glover and to keep us from noticing what they're going to do is she's going to put her arm over her face like Dracula the entire time that's exactly right and she's going to have her walk like Bella Lugosi (laughs) in Plan 9 from Outer Space yeah they so they they hung Crispin Glover upside down so we wouldn't notice that he was a different actor or the same thing in, in the original Back to the Future Marty McFly was well, no. Before even that, oh, yeah. Marty himself was different. Was, was different. Eric Stoltz. Eric Stoltz was Marty McFly, and they filmed almost the entire movie. Oh, yeah, yeah, because he wasn't uh, funny enough. Well, and the other who's the guy that plays him? Michael Michael, Michael J. Fox. Fox. Yeah, he had like conflicts with his show that yeah. he was doing. Right. They originally wanted yeah. him for family, but he couldn't get out of Family Ties. Right. So then they got Eric Stoltz, filmed half the movie, and the Jennifer for Eric Stoltz was Jan from The Office. That really? actress was the original Jennifer. Melora Hardin, yeah. Yeah, and then he wasn't funny. He just wasn't working, so they fired him, got Michael J. Fox and Claudia Wells, and then 
the rest is history. Yeah. I want to see the actual <laughs> footage. But do you really? I just want to see what it was just like. Just morbid curiosity, yes. like Star Wars holiday special I've level seen, morbid curiosity. I've seen it without audio. I just want to see Eric's. But it's what's weird is my, my vision of Eric Stoltz is still him in Pulp Fiction. So that's what I'm picturing is him with long hair in a bathroom. <laughs> that's like me wanting to see the Chris Farley version of Shrek. But oh, I don't think you do. Word. Like I, th- I, I don't. don't. See that. There's I certain don't. things that you just, like. It just doesn't go backwards. It doesn't replace yeah. itself. And I was thinking about like if they were going to replace Amber Heard with another actress, you know that happens. You know we, we've we've had people recast before. The girlfriend in Top Gun. But then I thought, how inconvenient is it to have to get rid of Johnny Depp from? the ride at Disney because they went oh, all yeah. in. They oh, went yeah. all in on Johnny Depp on this thing on, pl- on, on Pirates of the Caribbean. I know they, they'll probably let it go for about another 20 or 30 years like they did with Splash Mountain. Wait, wasn't the ride made before There's the nothing, movie? It was. So nothing the, wrong with Splash Mountain. Yeah, the ride was made no, before the movie. I, I agree with you. So the ride, the movie was inspired by the ride. Right. But when the movies blew up, they, they, added, they added Johnny Depp to scenes in there then added him to the end. So they gave up his own, but they didn't change the ride around it. They changed the story a little bit, but they just added him to it. Thank God oh. they didn't put Eddie Murphy in the Haunted Mansion. That's all I'm saying. Oh, yes. <laughs> or, hey. or Steve Gutenberg in the Tower of Terror. <laughs> we, I could do this all day. I they just, love they just, the Haunted Mansion. They just took down the Tower of Terror uh, Bill, um, billboard. Yeah. yeah. Where? The one that the only the big one the one oh. that creaks it moves. Oh, the, <laughs> the one, one that on the, in the road. Yeah, they took it down. The they took it down. <laughs> I didn't it's notice that. Gone. What, where is the sign? Where why is, the is why is the sign? <laughs> the sign got better. canceled. Uh, yeah, that was so, That's what I was thinking about though. Is like when when you cancel somebody, how thoroughly do you have to like recast them? Do it? Do we have to put now take Johnny Depp out of the ride and, and put uh, the the next the next Jack Sparrow in there or do or we? Orlando Bloom. We need, Orlando like, Bloom levels of I forgot canceled. Orlando Bloom was a guy. And I guess this isn't even like canceling, maybe. This is just the recasting. Sometimes people get recast because they got canceled. Sometimes they just get recast because they needed to be recast. They didn't come back. They didn't make the good uh, a deal. Like Ed Norton was Bruce Banner in the Hulk movie. Right. And he didn't I come keep forgetting that. Uh, right. <laughs> yeah. And then he d- didn't come back. And we have now a different Bruce Banner and Mark Ruffalo. Right. Which is fine. I mean, he's 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 fine. I would have loved to see how Ed Norton would have paired up with the Avengers, but he was a little little dark, maybe not as lovable. When I went to see uh, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, the one thing that I was re- like, I would have been just so mad because there were rumors abounding that they were going to bring the Illuminati into it and have. There were Tom- rumors. They were in the trailer. <laughs> they were going to have the Illuminati in it and have Tom Cruise play oh. Oh, Iron Man, yeah, multiverse that. Iron Man. That's and, and I'm so glad that they did not do that. that was yeah. a, that'd be a, that, that would be a recasting nightmare. Um, let's talk about some roles that should never be recast. Like these are the characters that just if you recast them, you you would destroy the essence of who they are. Severus Snape. Yes. Uh, Alan Rickman. Must be Alan Rickman. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Have you seen that they, and I, I don't know if this is just rumor or whatever, but they were talking about like a Snape origin story with um, Adam, uh, Adam Driver. Driver. Yeah, I think that's that's a I, rumor. I wouldn't be uh, mad at that. If it were, if you were playing like a younger Snape, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I well, would, I would like that. Well, here's the thing, and I agree with you because he was perfect. Like he was iconic, fantastic. But he was also like 25 years older than Snape is supposed to be. Snape Fair. is supposed to be like 28. Sometimes 30. it's the age, and sometimes it's the mileage. Those, those dark arts, man. Those <laughs> that, dark arts take a toll. That's true. But they did the same thing with Harry's parents. They they were cast a lot older than what they were supposed right. to be. But um, same thing with Uncle Owen and Aunt Beru. Yeah, it's like well, 
Obi-Wan, Owen, 20, and Baru. 20 years on Tatooine really ages you. Or seven years, however long it's supposed to be. Eight years um, from Obi-Wan. They were the moisture farmers, but like the moisture was being farmed from That's them. exactly what it was. <laughs> Cutting corners there. Who's somebody that should never be recast, Julia? So they're talking about making um, a new Hercules movie, like a live action. Okay. And they were talking about having the role of Phil, Philatides. Yeah. Who was originally played, of course, by Danny, Danny DeVito. DeVito. Yeah. yeah. With replacing him with Josh one. Gad, who does the voice of Olaf. Uh-uh. And Josh, just, uh-uh. Is anybody else just a little sick of Josh Gad at this point? No, no, no. Point? Josh Gad himself was like, oh my God, don't do that. No, no, no. I'm sorry. I'm just a little over Josh Gad. I don't know what the deal is. I just. I'm, uh, yeah. Josh Gad was like, no, give it to Danny DeVito. I you, will. It, no one rallied happen. to my support no, on that no. one. No, I love Josh Gad. Yeah, he's no. great. I don't love fan. Josh Gad, but, but I don't hate Josh Gad. I just, I just got, we just got a little much. There was just, Josh Gad was just kind of everywhere real quick. I, I mean, it's not, it's not like as bad as like Seth Rogen and Michael Cera were in the late 2000s. He's oh, at I love that them. level of no, no, being, but he was close. He got close. He got close, but he backed off a little bit. Yeah, I, I agree, agree with you. That, yeah, that, yeah. Danny DeVito could that, any role he he's ever played. Be. So many of those Disney characters were so iconic based on the person that played them. Like in, uh, going James back to Woods. Hercules, James Woods as as Hades yeah. would be impossible yeah. to recast because they made it look like him. But, and the but, same thing that happened with with the, the genie from Aladdin. Yeah, uh, you know, Robin Williams was so iconic as the genie from Aladdin, and then they try to pass off Dan Castellaneta. It's like that's Homer Simpson. It's not Will the Smith. genie. Uh, Will, yeah. Will Smith. Hey, okay. he wasn't bad. He wasn't he was his bad own thing. because yeah, he didn't try to re. He did his own. He thing. didn't try to and recreate. I, I appreciated that. Who who should never? What character should never be recast? They're gonna have to do it. They don't have to do anything. But Hugh Jackman as Wolverine is just. Yeah, they're gonna have to. They're gonna have to. But it's Never just. Never seen Wolverine. It doesn't. Uh, I I can't see any anyone else was like a cosplay. Well, like they're trying too hard. Well, at the same time, he was great. But I feel like I feel like Wolverine was such like a good character, even in the comics, yeah. that they could have like like. I didn't think they would be able to recast Magneto without Ian McKellen, but uh, Michael Fassbender, Michael Fassbender was great. Fassbender. Well, James agree. McAvoy was great. I agree with Steven on that one. I think Michael Fassbender was fantastic. That's a great analogy there. And I think that Hugh Jackman was great as Hugh Jackman Wolverine, but he wasn't great as Wolverine. Yes. He was very, mm-hmm. he he had the gruffiness, but like Wolverine is supposed to be a short dude, like short and stocky and like even more gruff than he was yeah. in the movies. Yeah. So like, I think, I think Tom Hardy would be a fantastic Wolverine personally, but I mean, I he is short that. and stocky. I could see that. But I'm not. I mean, I although I agree. To what some about extent. what about Josh Gad as Wolverine? <laughs> oh, that'd be great. <laughs> could you see it? Danny Trash. DeVito as Wolverine. Oh wait, now we're on <laughs> Wolverine. Thing. I slash him. I slash him. <laughs> that was a great was Danny, Danny DeVito, DeVito impression. <laughs> it's not great. It's the first time I've ever tried it. <laughs> I love Danny DeVito. Uh, any oh. any other roles that should never ever be recast? Oh. Like inseparable from the actors who brought them to life. Robert Downey Jr. with Iron Man. I yeah. concur. Yeah. I mean, Absolutely. I concur. I mean, I, I, like, uh, and the, you know, eventually they will. They, they, I, I don't know if they, they will. will. Eventually, I they think have they would have. It would have to be a. I don't think they'll be able to do it and keep it in the in the MCU. I, I agree, but eventually, they'll have to. Uh, and I don't envy that guy. No. My top two favorite movies of all time. Definitely can't recast the main characters. First one, Princess Bride. Iconic. You can try to recast them, but yeah. if you recast them, that's that's rough. So Neff and I every now and then will do like fun fantasy recastings. Did we do Princess Bride? We did. Okay. It was. I can't easy. remember. I can't remember. That was a tough one. That one sounds gross. really. That sounds impossible. Like, yeah. We we. I know we did like Ghostbusters as a. a Ghostbusters recast. is another one. That's another one. I'm like. Well, if you have like Melissa McCarthy and. No. Oh. <laughs> you done? Yeah. Are you done? Yeah. That's awful. What was your other one, Neff? 
Ghostbusters. Ghost, Ghost, oh, okay. And gotcha. Princess Bride. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Uh, any, any other characters that you can think of that don't ever need to be recast? I would say, I would say like, you, when you look at the cast of The Office, like Michael Scott yeah. is... Yeah, but but facts. again, they made those characters. Well, so those are the ones that are tougher. Like, if it, like... What if you got Ricky Gervais to play Michael Scott? That nah, I don't know. Bloody work. genius. But, I mean, for, like, people who, like, made a character their own. So, like, the comic book characters, you could probably find... You might be able to find somebody who could be a better Tony Stark than Robert Downey Jr. I don't think that person exists currently, but I think you could because it's based off of something that was already done. But when you have somebody who's created a character their own, so like if they were going to remake Ghostbusters, it's going to be very hard to find somebody to be Peter Venkman because that was Bill Murray. It wasn't like they took something that existed already and decided to bring it in. Yeah. Um, one thing I will say, you cannot recast because of that, of that instance, is Optimus Prime. But they're going to. Peter Cullen's going to die. Yeah, they'll find a sound alike. I mean, they've had other voices for Optimus Prime. Uh, in, in some some of like the spin-off animated ones. He didn't become like the de facto Optimus Prime like we honor him by bringing him back to do the voice until Michael Bay brought him for the movies. Oh really? Cuz before that like once they had wrapped up the Generation 1 like series, once they wrapped up the original show, they did a couple other different little animated forays and and they just would let him be voiced by whoever. Oh. So bringing him back for the movie was kind of solidifying his place as yes, that's my prime. Okay. Uh, and well, and, I and corrected. but but you're I you're exactly right to me. That was one of the most disappointing things about the way. And as much as I love um, Hugo Weaving, he wasn't Frank Welker as Megatron. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. yeah. Voices are so iconic in those things. Chris Lotta as as Starscream, uh, the idea that they would be recast or oh. used differently would it was always a shortcoming. You know who we might get? Uh, Viggo Mortensen as Aragorn. Yeah, he was Aragorn in those movies yeah, twenty I, years ago. I think he. I think he's. Oh, he couldn't be oh, recast. Oh, recast. He said oh, we could get, and I'm like, oh, well, yeah. because of the Lord of Rings. <laughs> He'd be Lord, really... Rings, Lord of the Rings show is I, coming out. Yeah, it's, but it's like a thousand not, yeah, years before oh, Lord yeah. of the Rings. Aragorn was only his age. You'll get Hugo Weaving in there, and yeah. maybe Evangeline Lilly. It's a ghost. So <laughs> that was. Uh, how would you bring up the Hobbit ever? <laughs> um, th that was the thing about the the Lord of the Rings movies. It's like when you look back and see who was almost cast in all of those roles, like the Beatles. <laughs> well, no, not that Lord of the Rings. <laughs> but no, like in Peter Jackson's Lord of the Rings, like Sean Connery was supposed to be Gandalf, but oh, he turned yeah. it down because he didn't get it. And he's like, ah, it doesn't make it doesn't make sense to me. It's not good uh, for his career. Ian, Ian McKellen. <laughs> League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, though. That's the way. Ian McKellen was almost Dumbledore. Oh, see, that's crazy. Because, but he didn't want to be typecast as a wizard. The wizard. Oh my goodness. Um. They're, they've had all kinds of recast in the MCU. I mean, Rhodey was, you know, yeah. and then now he is. Uh, they did wait. They did recast <laughs> Dumbledore, didn't they? They did because he died. Oh, the first, yeah. The first, it was, two, the first two movies was it was uh, uh, it was what's his name? I don't know. Uh, the old dead guy, Richard. Richard Richard Harris. Yeah. And, uh, Richard Harris was the original Dumbledore. His I like the second one. He died. His son was in Mad Men. I can't remember Jared Harris. The first one was good for the movies that he was in, but yeah. the, uh, the second Michael one Gambon was perfect for the rest. Was, of was perfect. Okay. Um, but again, Did you every, put your name into the Goblet of Fire. Every time they replace somebody, <laughs> every time they wait, replace, what just happened? Did you put your <laughs> name into <laughs> the Goblet of Fire? In the, in the in the Harry Potter the Goblet of Fire book, it says. Dumbledore asked Harry calmly, Harry, did you put your name in the Gobble of Fire? But in the movie, in the he movie, goes, Harry, did you put did your you name in the Gobble of Fire? Like, like, like yells at him. It's, a, it's, a, it's really intense. Y'all woke Charlotte up. There, so, so, <laughs> so, so that's a that's a good recast. Yes. Yeah, that was very well done. What's a bad recast? Mm, Batman. 
Hey, so which going, one? Going from Michael Keaton to Val Kilmer to, no, to, going, yeah, to George Clooney. George Clooney. No, going from uh, Adam West to exactly Michael Keaton. Exactly what I was thinking, <laughs> Adam West. Oh, my goodness. He is I, Michael Keaton. It. It'll never work. I saw an interesting uh, TikTok. Uh, it was an interview with Adam West and Burt Ward. Those old boys were up to no good in their private time back in the 1960s. I, I have oh, heard. Sure, it was the 1960s. Up, up to no good. Even though it's a different universe, uh Jared Leto's The Joker. Terrible recast. Compared to anything. Yeah. Literally any Caesar Romero compared to literally yeah. anyone. Any other any yeah. other joker. He wasn't bad in the five minutes he was in the Justice People League. People say remake. that, but I didn't I didn't buy it, man. I was but it's it's like if I like punched you and then like I didn't punch you, You're it's still better. <laughs> like huh. that's what it was like. You know when you say it like that, it all makes sense. Ah uh, yes, the punch analogy. Better for you. <laughs> A classic. Uh Two Face, Billy D. Williams or uh or or Tommy Lee Jones. That uh what's his name? Well no no no. We're just Not, going from like that, that oh. there's a difference in a reboot and a recast. Oh, yeah, that wasn't a good one. Just because Tommy Lee Jones, who's a fantastic actor, was terrible in that movie. Okay, terrible recast. And, I, you know, listen, I'm not knocking her as an actress because I like her in other things. But, come on, second Jennifer. You're oh, no, no you're, you're absolutely right. She and was terrible. Elizabeth Shue is, is wonderful in you, The Karate Kid. In Adventures of Babysitting. Terrible. Which is the movie that got me into Thor. Thor, yeah, absolutely. But uh, I agree with you 100%. Like, she's just, because she wasn't a lot in the first one a lot, but she was still enjoyable. But in Back to the Future 2 and 3, she's annoying. She is. And she's asleep half the time. They, they, it was so bad that when Just like came, Julia. They, wow. <laughs> just like when they made the Back to the Future, the game, they brought back Claudia Wells instead of... Uh, What's her name? Elizabeth Shue. Elizabeth Shue. Uh, if you uh, if you had to recast your life, your actual real life life, you had to bring in somebody else to play you, a famous person or whoever, to play you, like and hoping that no one would notice. <laughs> like we're just gonna hope that nobody says anything, uh, that it's a sm- that it would be a good recast, a smooth transition, and not be Elizabeth Shue, Claudia Wells. <laughs> Tommy Lee Jones, Billy D. Williams. Uh, you guys are all like chomping to answer this question. Uh, Charlotte, who who are we recasting to play Charlotte the intern? Okay, so I would not have chosen this person, but everybody tells me that I look like this person and I act like this person. Okay. Um, Max from Stranger Things. Okay. Mm. Yeah. I can see it. I can see it. A I get bit. that so much. What's her what's her real name? Soupy Sales. Soupy Sink. Sink. Soupy Sales. Soupy Sales. And I'm the old man. Soupy Sales. It smells red buttons. Is that who plays it? I can see that. That's cool. That's a good good suggestion. Good suggestion. Uh Nefri, who's Salva? <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Yeah, Only fair. a man of that caliber. I think that I would notice. <laughs> no, no, I would no. never. It would take me. So. It would take me a while. So. We look so much alike. I mean, <laughs> just the confidence. Wait, watch, watch, watch my face real quick. Watch, watch, you'll see it. Oh, wow. oh, my gosh, Heimdall! <laughs> it's the eyes. It's it the was, orange eyes. It was the confidence with which he screamed out his name. Stephen, who are you being cast? Who's recasting as Stephen? Daniel Day Lewis. He can play anybody. He can play anybody. In fact, he's been playing I'm Julia actually, this entire time. <laughs> <laughs> so much so, he's been such a character. He's been Julia for five years. For five years. <laughs> he's, um, a, he's a method actor. Uh, Daniel Day Lewis. No, um, I get told a lot that I remind people of Chris Pratt. 
I could see that. I see that. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. But Chris Pratt before he got in shape. Like Andy. Chris like Pratt. Andy Chris yeah. Pratt. Not, not, yeah, not, not yeah. Star Wars. I see that. So okay. I either he either needs to let himself go again or I need to get in shape and then it could be Kurt Chris Pratt. One or the other. One or the other. Julia, who's playing Julia? I've said it once before and I will say it again. Melissa Fumero. Okay. Yeah, she from plays Brooklyn Amy Nine-Nine. from Brooklyn Nine Nine. Oh my oh, gosh, yeah. that would be so That'd cute. Be really I would have said Eliza Dushku. I love her. But Who? like what'd you call Eli- her? Eliza Dushku. Who? She was she famous was twenty years of, ago. Yeah. Ah. yeah. Yeah, she was in a bunch of shot years ago. Sometimes it's when you see a person that's so iconic in a role, and that they that they really fill it and fit it, and it kind of becomes a little bit of an extension of who they are. You know, you you can't separate in a lot of ways the, the high water mark of who the Joker is going to be is always going to fall back on Heath Ledger. You can't, you know, Michael Scott is um, Steve Carell. Steve Carell. Carell. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there, there's Robert Downey Jr. is. Snap, Iron Man, right? Ooh, like, there's so many people that are just like so iconic in their in their positions. But I want to kind of scale this back a little bit to sort of our church existence, and um, and and talk about church cultures that are built on the personality of the person that's at the helm. And this takes kind of a little bit of a, a, a swerve on us here, but. Christ is the head of the church, yeah. with, without question. I mean, this is biblical. The idea is that, that we are the bride of Christ, that, that the church itself is espoused to, to Jesus himself. But sometimes we see in our church cultures that we will put a person, we'll put people at the top of the pyramid. We'll put people up as, as kind of the, the charismatic leader, the, the headliner, the one that people are going to see. Um, we... We see this happen in churches all across the country, around the world. Um, we talk about the people that we follow. Well, well, what ministries you know do you follow? Who do you listen to? Who are the whose podcasts are you listening to? Whose books are you reading? Whose worship services are you watching? You know, and and I I thought about this when I saw my son. He has this shirt. We talk about uh, precious articles of clothing, right? Like shirts and uh, garments that we have that we value very highly. My son, for like fifty dollars, bought a T-shirt at a Maverick City concert. <laughs> and uh, Maverick City is a, a very popular worship band. They do big shows and, uh, you know, music for Jesus, right? And they have this shirt, and it has kind of all their faces on it, right? Like, I don't, I could not name one person in Maverick City. I don't know that that makes me cool or special. I'm just kind of out of the loop like that. Um, but it has all of their faces on it, almost as if it was like an Avengers shirt that you would buy at, at Walmart exactly or something like what that. It looks like. It's like it's like here's all the people that are leading you in worship. Da 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 da. You know they're they're doing that. Um, and I hate that shirt so much. It's the ugliest. <laughs> My son wears the ugliest clothes sometimes. In like, well, he, well, he mostly just wears all black. <laughs> yeah. No, he he'll buy he buys a lot of shirts, and some of them it's that, and he has this hoodie that says like Love Jesus, but it looks it's the worst design I've ever seen, and he defends it and says. No, it's cool. It's trendy, and I'm old, and I don't know what I'm talking about. And that very well may be, but it also looks like somebody made it in Microsoft Publisher, but nobody told them how to use Microsoft Publisher, <laughs> so it's really bad. But What's anyway, Microsoft Publisher. It's it's <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it and and I I'll, I'll look at this this shirt and I say, look, I don't know who these people are, but like they're definitely the shirt is definitely about them. And I don't know that their ministry is definitely about them. I don't I don't know enough about them to say like is it a personality driven ministry? But there's so many churches that are personality driven. Yeah. Uh, and and again, I'm not knocking anybody. This isn't about slamming it. There's enough people slamming the church that I'm not going to jump in and help them with that. Um, but but you have people that uh, what do you, do you know the name of um uh, who, who's the the your, live your best life now? Big smiles, Joel Osteen. 
Yes. Do you know the name of his church? No. No, uh, right? Because it's just it's Joel, Joel Osteen's, Osteen's church. church. It's Joel Osteen's church, right? It's uh, the 700 Club. That's, it's, I think it's, uh, exactly uh, it's in Houston, and you can't get in there if there's an emergency. <laughs> um, there's, there, there, you know, we have these people that the, the name of the church is secondary to the person who's leading the church, right? Um Elevation Church is the one I know, but that's it's Stephen Furtick. Stephen Furtick, right? And and there's there's so many of these other guys that you could just sort of name their names and know that the ministry is kind of a reflection of their personality. It's based on their style. And there's so many of these um, documentaries out right now. Have you guys? Did anybody see the the Hillsong uh, Mega I'm, Church Exposed I documentary? Watched it. I did not. I watched it. Do you have any desire I'm, to watch? I'm it? kind of like nervous yeah. about it because I was. I, I liked Hillsong Church. Yeah. I liked Hills, mostly Hillsong United. Sure. They were the Maverick City of my day. Um, <laughs> but wow. um, but I listened to a anymore. little bit of, of Brian Houston's uh, sermons. Right. But I was never like a follower of Brian Houston. But it's kind of like I want to keep like my experiences with the worship music that I listen to and keep that in, in good mind rather than be like, oh, yeah, everyone who like they were all like, I don't know if this happens, but like they were all, you know, on heroin when they wrote these songs. Like, I don't want something like that to, <laughs> right. to taint Tender, the good spiritual your... memories I have with yeah. the, the music. At the time. And that's the thing. I, I'm, I'm with you on that. I, I don't want to watch these documentaries because, A, I feel like people go into it with kind of a, a, a bone to pick. Like they're already going into it looking to find problems, right? Yeah. But then I guess Brian Houston got it, some kind of trouble, right? Like he did something or should have done something and didn't do something. I don't even know the details because I don't want to watch the documentary. Uh, there's another podcast that just came out called The Rise and Fall of Mars, Mars Hill. Hill. I, I listened to that. It was very good. Which is just this whole documentary basically taking this pastor and rightfully or wrongfully, uh, it, that's you know for you to decide. Uh, if you listen to the podcast, it definitely seems rightfully uh, a podcast about a, a pastor who built himself an empire that fell apart and he was kind of disgraced and sent off into the wilderness, right? Because he did, he led bad. He, he, very, very Nebuchadnezzar. Um, something like that. And, uh, you know, and, and it's, that's Mark Driscoll. And, and you have all of these, these named pastors, these kind of esteemed lead people that are sort of at the front and the top of, of the heaps. And because of that, people associate ministry and the gospel and, and what is happening in the kingdom of God, the Christ culture of the world right now, not with Christ, but with the people at the forefront of Christ culture. And I, I think that's a little bit dangerous. Yeah, it, it definitely can be. I was a very big fan of Rob Bell from back in the day. Yeah, he did the, um, the NUMA videos. He did the NUMA videos. Like two of my favorite sermons I've ever heard are Rob Bell sermons. One of them is Everything is Spiritual, um, which from the, the time it was really good. It's from yeah. like 2007. Another one was a sermon called Abound that he did randomly on the book of Ephesians in like 2008. And I had that on my computer for like 15 years. Um, but... I haven't looked. I haven't looked too much into it because a lot of this I have heard from people. But I guess about like 10, 10 or twelve years ago, he came out with like some kind of book that alluded to the fact that everybody can go to heaven no matter what they believe because God is so loving that He would allow everybody in oh, there. Oh, I've heard. Which of that. is very much so like not what the Bible says. No. So that was very much like a. It, it hurt me in a way. I wasn't super like following him like some people would for these other pastors sure, yeah. but it was still like a, this was like 
the like I wanted to go see him if he ever came to Orlando or something like that and it right. was like very much like a punch to the gut like this guy who I thought was like so tight with Jesus yeah. that I was like you know maybe I would want to go to his church but then I had no desire like they left they get he's out of the church I don't think the church is even operating anymore it's just like a whole thing and he had like a huge church another, another Mars Hill actually yeah right uh, yeah, and it's it's so strange how those things, you know, get get so built up around the personality of a person that the church itself can can be dis I mean, just completely uh, disreputed. Is that a word? Um, sure. They they the church can can lose its uh, its reputation. Well, the problem is people aren't perfect. So if exactly. you're if you're building your church up around imperfect people instead of around the only perfect person to ever exist, yeah. then you're bound to fail. That's yeah, and I, th- I think that you, you, what's, what you said, Stephen, like when you said he, he said everybody, he, he kind of preaches that everybody can go to heaven no matter what they believe. I, I think that it's it's so dangerous because it's so close to the truth that everybody can go to heaven no matter what they've done. Like there's no barrier keeping people out, but there is one way to get people in. Yeah. And the minute you forget, yeah, you minute you forget that both of those things have to be true. Right. It, it, that's yeah. that's the, a dangerous thing. And a lot of times, I think sometimes we'll we'll even see these people as sort of our way in. We'll see these people as like, well, I'm a I'm a verdict guy, you know. Um, you, you know, you you see these people and you say, oh well, I like this guy or I like this guy. I'm a Mike Todd guy. <laughs> and we we like their doctrine or we like their style. And most of the time, if we're going to be honest, I think it's more about style than doctrine. Because we're not really opening up our Bibles as much as we should have to correct whatever their, um, right. you know, their their doctrine is. But um, th- there's some people that I would be I'd be crushed if I heard that they fell away from the faith, or they had a moral failure, or you know they got a little cuckoo for cocoa puffs in in their, you know hermeneutics or whatever um I, I, I like francis chan i love francis chan yeah i love francis I, and, chan. I, and i respect francis chan because he did what most pat most big pastors wouldn't do and he left a left a mega church because he felt called to go travel and preach the gospel but he also moved to china with his family to be a missionary like not trying to like go against what you were just saying no like, i don't he's leading by example but that's what i'm saying i think there, there's some people that can do that and then there's some people that can't disconnect the ministry from themselves mm-hmm. so what happened to francis chan's church when when he stepped down i, I don't know the answer to i that. think it's still doing pretty well i don't know if it's doing as well because everyone a lot of people went to see francis chan sure um but i think it's still i think it's still operating because he left he had a he had good leadership was able to raise up good leaders what do you think the difference is between a between a church that can't function if their main guy is not the main guy and a church that collapses you know or that, that, that can endure um, the church that collapses without their main guy being at the head or the church that can endure as a real ministry whether the personality is there or not I think that if you put all of your eggs in one basket with like one leader and having everything lay on whether or not they're successful in their faith walk like Neff said no one's perfect but at the same time, if it's all about that one person, then how are the people supposed to get involved in the church and really live out their faith too? Mm. So I think that it has to be a, you know, a group effort, of course. And I've seen so many times, I've heard about pastors you know, falling like really dangerously doing really awful things, you know, and people do, um, but their whole ministry falls apart because people were like, I, I thought that you know this is what it was. But if you come to this realization of like, 
Christ is the foundation and we are all as a church meant to work together to be more like Christ, like imitate Paul as he imitates Christ, right? But like if it's all on one person, that person's gonna fail at one point. It needs to be a group effort in my thought. Yeah. And I, I've seen that happen in, in my life where um, Ravi Zacharias. I, yeah, uh, exactly. I love Ravi Zacharias. I bought like three of his books. I Who knew that he was sermons. a little rapey, right? Yeah. <laughs> I listened to his podcast. I listened to his sermons. But now I'm like, I have three books that I haven't finished from him because I don't know whether I can, like, I don't know if I can trust his what he wrote anymore because I felt so, uh, I don't know, I guess... Betrayed, a little bit, yeah. Disgusted I, 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 a little bit. I'm like, should I believe the words of this person who did these things? And it kind of hurts the whole point because I think that he, when he preached, he preached a lot of great things. But and that's a difficult thing because the message is not necessarily compromised by the messenger uh, all the time. I mean, I don't if if I order something from Amazon and it comes to me from Amazon, but the guy who delivered it to me is like a, a meth addict. I mean, I don't necessarily it doesn't necessarily mean that the product that I ordered that was delivered to me from somebody else uh, is compromised because of that, right? Like all of us are imperfect. Anybody that takes up the cause of the gospel, anybody that decides they want to share the truth of Jesus immediately becomes a hypocrite the minute they open up the word, right? Broken vessels. But I, I think what happens is sometimes we put so many eggs in the basket of a person's name or a person's talent or a person's charisma or the momentum of, of what they're doing that it overshadows the one who is the sender of the message, not the one who's the messenger. An- another thing that I think to kind of go like a, against the negative is um, humility. If somebody's truly humble, then I don't think they would necessarily have those issues. Um, two examples that I have is um, our pastor here in Orlando. Um, one thing that he has consistently said um, since he got here was, if there's anything that I say that does not line up with the scriptures, let me know. Like, call me out on it. Like, do it the right biblical way. But, I, like, make sure that whatever you are, you're listening to, that it lines up with the Word of God, whether that's me or that's another preacher, whatever it is. Make sure it lines up with the Word of God, which I think is a pretty big thing to do. Like, hey, if you feel like I'm, you know, then come talk to me about it. Well, that's what the Bereans were praised for, is that, look, every time something was taught, they said, well, let's go and see what the Word says about it. Yeah. Let God be true and every man a liar. Yeah. And I saw a post the other day. Um, somebody had shared a, a Twitter feed. And it was this guy who knew several mega church pastors. And he was going through, like, there's a lot of, like, negative things coming about these mega church pastors. Let me share some good stories. And there was, like, one pastor who wrote a book and it was hugely successful. What he did with the sales of that was he took a portion of it, donated it um, to the church, part of the church where they could help people do some outreach, homeless outreach, things like that. And then he also paid back his salary for the entire time that he had been employed by the church. Another another pastor took his salary and reversed his tithe and took 10% and gave 90% back to the church. Um, another pastor would go out on Saturdays and go incognito to where he wouldn't be recognized and go and, and do some homeless outreach just himself and just talk to people without people coming up and saying who he was. You, so like, you, you just shared three stories. Are those three separate people? Um, I'm, yes, three what, separate people. What are their names? The, the person did not say. Yeah, he and, left it all in And that's the thing is that you never know the names of the people 
who are doing it like that. Yeah. <laughs> you never know the names of them. And 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 again, I'm not here to knock somebody because you have a sell, a top-selling book. I'm not here to knock somebody because a lot of people listen to your podcast or watch your live stream. I, I'm just not. If you've got 50 campuses and 50,000 people, that doesn't mean that there's something intrinsically wrong with a, with a person that has charisma and leads a thing. But if the person itself becomes the person that people are coming to see, then if they can't be recast with a successor, if they can't be recast with the next person in line, and, and if, they, if they can't be seen, if Jesus can't be seen through them, then we somehow have associated ministry and the message and the word of God and the act of serving God with the band that we like or with the person that's preaching that we enjoy. And it becomes consumer Christianity as opposed to Christ-centered Christianity. And I think that that's a danger that we could sometimes fall into. Again, I'm not knocking people that have successful ministries or big followings. I'm just saying, make sure that whoever it is that you're following we don't follow them because we like their music or because we like their teaching or because they put out cool t-shirts or because they were featured on a Kanye West song or whatever. We want to make sure that we're following Jesus. I, I, 1 Corinthians 3, and this, it's a passage of scripture that should be fairly familiar to you in uh, verse 4. It says, when one of you says, I'm a follower of Paul, and another says, I follow Apollos, aren't you just acting like people of the world? After all, who is Apollos? Who is Paul? We're only God's servants through whom you believed the good news. Each of us did the work the Lord gave us. I planted the seed in your hearts, Apollos watered it, but it was God who made it grow. It's not important who does the planting or who does the watering. What's important is that God makes the seed grow. The one who plants, the one who waters, work together with the same purpose, and both will be rewarded for their own hard work. And you can follow who you want to follow. I look up... I, I, I was watching a video right before I came here, and my son came into the house, and uh, it had Joel Osteen on it. It was basically a video trashing pastors, uh, but it was made by Christians, and it was talking about why, well, this pastor just won't take a stand on this, and this pastor preaches a deluded gospel, and this pastor is not good enough. And my, my son kind of made an offhand comment about, well, uh, yeah, that's Joel Osteen. He's a... Uh, he's a motivational speaker more than he is a pastor. And I'm like, I don't know that. And I hate that he has that reputation. I hate that that seems to be the way it actually is, right? Like, I don't know that. I've not been part of his church. I don't know the discipleship and the, the ministry, but souls are getting saved, right? People are coming to church that might not have, go, have gone to church. I'm not trying to be an apologist for anybody, but I would, I, I just hate the idea that somebody could sit back and look at a man and think less of what Jesus is doing in a church and in a community and in people's lives because they can't disconnect it from the person. And that's, that, that breaks my heart because somebody got saved at, at, at Joel Osteen's church. Somebody's life was transformed. Somebody's marriage was healed. Somebody gave, gave up addiction um, at that church. And we can't see Jesus because we can't see past Joel Osteen. Now, I don't, I'm not saying that's Joel's problem um, uh, on a casual first name basis like he and I are, right? Uh, I, I just, for us, let us make sure that we can can break free from the cult of personality. If you're in a position of leadership, uh, look and see if your leadership is completely conscripted to who you are as a person or if you're creating a Christ-centered culture that brings up new leaders and, and creates successors and is not slave to your own limitations of charisma. Uh, and if you are a follower, make sure that when you follow somebody, you're not following them because they're the flavor of the month. You're not following them because they're just your cup of tea. You're following them because they are following Jesus 
and uh, you can see him through them. That would just be my encouragement to you guys. You know, uh, I know it's uh, maybe a little bit of a, a stretch to go from recasting Robert Downey Jr. as Tom Cruise, but uh, the point is you can't recast Jesus. There is one, there is only uh, one Jesus Christ, one King of Kings, one Lord of Lords, one name above every name, one name by which men can be saved, and that is the name of Jesus. Mm-hmm. So trust on him, Jesus. believe on him. And uh, with that, I think we have reached the end of our time together today. I'm so grateful to have uh, been able to chat with you guys tonight and hang out with you. I hope you had a fun time. I know I did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I'm glad we're back. I am glad that we are back too. Charlotte, uh, I'm going to put the ball in your court tonight and uh, ask if you would pray for us on our way out this evening. Can you do it? Do you yeah, dare? I dare. Please. I dare. Lord, thank you for bringing thank us all Jesus. here together today safe and Thank you for good conversation and good fellowship. And I pray that each one of us travels home safely. And I pray again for our Patreon sponsors. And we thank you for them. And in your name we pray. Amen. 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 And don't forget to follow us across all those social medias. If you're listening on a podcast platform, whether it's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you are, uh, take a quick second and leave us a review. We love stars, especially when they come in fives. fives. And with uh, respect to Jamaican Ollie, we don't like bypasses when they come in fives. We do love stars when they come in fives. So leave us a review <laughs> and uh, leave us uh, you know, some kind words on there. I'll tell you why. It really, really does help people that have the same interests and passions as you to find us and to be a part of the Nerdy Godcast puts community. Puts us, it puts us out there. It it's just right does. It's just right out there. It's like a big old billboard. Would you just look at it? Would you look at it? <laughs> so, uh, we love you guys, and we hope to hang out with you guys again real soon. We've got some fun stuff coming up for our Patreon sponsors, Patreon-exclusive things, uh, and we'll you can find out about that at patreon.com slash nerdygodcast. Until next time, Steve-O Supremo. I changed my mind. I want Danny DeVito to play me. <laughs> I can see it. Charlotte the Intern. I want Danny DeVito to play me. Quentin Gregory Neff. Danny DeVito in the role of a lifetime as Neff. <laughs> Julia Cameron Colazzo. I created a monster. <laughs> <laughs> and Nick the Engineer. Goodbye. Uh, Lise Mati loves you all. She has the COVID, so she couldn't be with us tonight. Oh. And uh, so pray for her, Oliver Gale. Sitting in a hospital bed. Uh, we know who knows where Jackie is. And Al- Alexandria is busy taking over Tampa Bay. Pirate Until then, I'm Tony T. We ain't got to go home. But we can't stay here. Hey everybody, how you doing? My name's Julia and I am not a robot.